0: um i'm gilda
1: and i'm steph and this is saturday night Hi,
0: it's a podcast where we get high and we talk about saturday night live
1: yes and today we're talking about season 47 episode 6 which aired november 13th 2021 and it was hosted by jonathan majors with guest taylor swift okay
0: you paused and i was like please tell me you did not forget her name <laughs>
1: Well, I said said guess, and I was like, that's a weird way to say this. I I wish I hadn't said it like that, but I couldn't rewind, so I had to just go with it.
0: I get that. Sorry, I am putting my game
1: down. Also, I'm just like a little bit like high. I haven't been smoking during the day, so smoking only at night really has me smacked. I can't lie to you. So
0: like, I was so fucking prepared for this show. Um, I am trying to figure out... Is that it? Hello? I have it recorded. Yeah. Okay, so guys, Gilda thought her laptop was dead. And apparently her charger half died. And so it wouldn't charge the laptop, but it charges the iPad and the phone just fine. So when Gilda borrowed her friend's laptop charger and saw that her computer
1: actually was alive, well, we're back in action, baby. We're going to have some crisp edits. Hell yes. It's been a minute, but Dude. you will notice, hopefully...
0: I fucking hope so. Um, But yeah, so I basically, we listened to Taylor Swift and watched the All Too Well short film and got ourselves all fucking prepped for this performance by Taylor tonight. And my God, did she deliver.
1: Yes, she really fucking did. I believe it was one of the longest um, performances Mm -hmm. in SNL history. That's per Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, it was like her. I remember when Prince was on, maybe like, well, it had to be more than five years ago because he died in 2016. Um, he was on probably 2011, 12-ish, maybe, and they just gave him like 10, 11 minutes in the middle of the show because you don't have Prince load all this shit out there for four minutes to undo to then come back and give you another four or five minutes of Prince. That's just, that just wasn't how Prince operated, and this is someone coming that, like, I've been to Prince's house, not like he invited me. I went when it was a museum. But <laughs> I made that sound way cooler than it actually was. I've been to Prince's house.
1: I know I, I somebody paid. who has been to Taylor Swift's house. Like, like,
0: Secret Session?
1: Yeah. Well, but it was like a while ago, like before even that. Like, it was just like through Tumblr, oh. I think.
0: Because that's how she used to organize the Secret Sessions and like the Santa. Um, Swiftness is what they called it. Oh God, I miss Swiftness.
1: Maybe it was Swiftness. I don't know what it was, but she got to meet Taylor, and I was so jealous of her for that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm jealous that you were like you. Okay, so should we talk about this now or after? Because I feel like now is the appropriate time. Yeah, when... I guess
1: now. So yeah, I recently was lucky enough to see um, a comedy show, which was. Build as Punky and Friends, and I did not know who I was going to see, but I saw so many wonderful SNL writers and cast members last night. It was uh, Vanessa Jackson, the writer, went first, and she opened the show pretty well. She talked about like coming to um, to New York from the west. Oh, (laughs) no, okay, no, dude, dude. Okay,
0: so no, 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 no. It's you live. You, okay, yeah. Steph recently moved to New York City. There are a couple million people there, and I'll never don't find
1: think,
0: me. No, I, I. You know, yeah. It would take a lot of work. So I think I don't feel comfortable sharing where I am. But you are in a very large place. Although I will say, some of the SNL pod people do know where I am because when I'm drunk or high, I'm an idiot. So you know, whatever.
1: No sharesies. Mutually assured destruction. Nothing wrong with telling a stranger on the internet where you're located, no, in my absolutely
0: opinion. not. Dude, Charles Manson told a high school girl that wrote to him once, like, don't, maybe don't put your actual return address on the letter to someone on, you know, someone in prison for life. And it's like, goddamn, that is some sound advice, Charlie Manson. <laughs> anyway, carry on. So yes, I, okay, Punky and friends, it's going
1: to be very obvious
0: where it was. It's not like they're touring the nation with it.
1: That is facts. It was part of the New York Comedy Festival, basically. Oh, God,
0: fucking lucky bitch. <laughs> Which, you you had the exact opposite comedy experience, and I can't say who I saw or what happened, but let's just say there is an SNL old-timer who's kind of a dick. Let's put it mildly.
1: Yes, and there are some SNL current-timers who are really fucking gay, um <laughs> so i really loved alex english he was he's a writer and he walked off onto the stage and i mean it was like oh i don't know this man but i'm pretty sure he's gay and he was gay i i was proud of my gaydar in that moment didn't really have that happen to me too many times in the past um And he and Punky Johnson had such good chemistry together. They did, like, ten minutes just not even, like, planned talking back and forth about, like, being gay and trying to pitch their sketches, but they're a little bit too black for SNL, and, like, it was... They were funny together.
0: I mean, I laughed out fucking loud when you because Steph, you know, typed me some choice lines from last night. Personally, I wanted her to call me and put me in her pocket or purse so I could hear the entire show, but alas, that did not happen. Um, But if you want to share Alex English's anecdote about the after-after party, I think you should do that.
1: Yeah, so he started talking, and he said that he went to the after-after party at Taylor Swift's house because she has what, like, a a beautiful fucking apartment. Um, No, she does She
0: She bought an apartment and the one next, she bought an apartment, excuse me, and then she bought the one across the hall for her security. And then I believe either the one below her or above her became available. She bought that one too and turned it into a two-story apartment. So, like, Blondie lives in a palace,
1: okay? God, love that her. I mean, she deserves it. Yeah, really, truly.
0: (laughs) Anyway, keep going with your notes from the show. Sorry, I'll shut up.
1: Um, I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. So uh, he was standing behind Taylor Swift and she had a bit of an issue with her bra. Just one of the little clasps was undone. So she asked him for help and he just fully undid it because he didn't realized that she meant like redo it he thought like oh she he's he like, he like oh she's in the crib she's getting comfortable it's five o'clock in the morning <laughs> so he was gonna help her <laughs> get more comfortable and then he immediately realized his mistake and was like i was so scared because as a black man not only did i take off a white woman's bra just now but i took off the white woman's bra and everyone cracked the fuck up <laughs> I
0: mean- it's true, though. Like it's like, oh shit! And at the same time, <clears throat> I may have relayed that anecdote to said person I mentioned earlier, who does not have a pseudonym yet. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, no. Like a woman could like unclasp it just fine. Like you can reach that. That's not the hard part. You can't. Do- I don't got hi- I don't got eyes behind my head. But it was funny because it's like, yeah, obviously a gay man would not know that. So he
1: simply did not catch the drift. Um, and Punky Johnson was like, Yeah, well, it's a good thing you were there because I would have started like kissing her back or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, yo! Seriously though,
0: if I'm yeah. not doing Taylor Swift's bra, oh God. She's like my goals. Taylor baby, call she, me. She
1: is so beautiful. Um uh-huh. speaking of beautiful, Sarah Sherman was wearing this like cow two-piece like denim cow print suit I can't really describe it any better than that with a crop top underneath and um she talked an awful lot about her pussy but it was great
0: I mean you know sometimes you just got to talk about your pussy I I don't know been there done that I guess sometimes you do also sounds like it was uh, a look
1: (laughs) yes it was
0: I could not pull that off but she and she was coming off an amazing correspondent bit on update that apparently had been cut for time a number of weeks in a row and it finally made the show last night.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the whole audience applauded for her because that was brought up right before she was uh, brought onto stage. Fuck um, yeah! I unfortunately had not yet seen the episode, so I did not know what the fuck they were clapping for. But oh, now no. I do, luckily.
0: Gilda has to stop letting men treat her heart like monkey meat every couple weeks. She's... Um, And yeah, no. So last week's episode's still not out yet. It will be finished. But okay, it'll be finished editing tonight in like 10 minutes, because I got my laptop back. It's no longer gonna take me fucking hours to edit, which is part of the fucking reason why our episodes have been so goddamn delayed, because editing audio on an iPad is hard and i would just procrastinate it because i don't want to fucking spend five hours it takes like three to five hours depending on how good the episode is like ipad editing is hard i can edit on the laptop in like 40 minutes
1: yeah that's fair so happy the laptop is alive dude, you, you're
0: you happy, I'm happy, my bank account is happy. I was like, how the fuck am I going to save $1,500 for a goddamn laptop? I don't make that much money.
1: Yeah, that's an egregious amount, honestly.
0: Yeah, honestly, I was just like, fuck, I don't, I don't know what to do. I guess it's a fucking iPad podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with Punky Johnson. Go on.
1: Yeah, um... And then there was James Lawson Johnson. He talked about uh, his youth. He went to church growing up a lot, and he talked about how he could have been a pastor, which is quite uh, different, in my opinion, from what he currently does. Um, and then Sal Atari was there. Oh, and
0: is he as hot in real life as he is on the show?
1: Honestly, looked even hotter in real life.
0: I'll say. Oh. It. Oh. You're not helping your case. <laughs> I truly like. Last night, I did not have a good night for multiple reasons, and we'll go into that after the show. Um, I was like, "God damn it! I should have moved back where I should have moved back to the New York City area when I had the chance." Like, you still do. Yes, but I can't leave this place.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's
0: too much. Like you've been here a number of times now. I, it would be hard to drag myself back to the east coast yeah real hard yeah we oh my god we haven't even hit the episode yet fuck keep going Delatari, tell me what he said he's hot that's that was the that was what i wanted to know
1: basically yeah not much more to say andrew Dismukes was basically uh mini john mulaney up there and punky johnson talked a lot about uh just being gay she was like they thought they were getting a queer but they got a dyke which was pretty funny <coughs>
0: She was in the show quite a bit this week, and I'm very happy about that because her energy was good.
1: Yes, and I was happy to see her use her actual voice in the show, as we'll talk about a little bit later during the History Channel sketch, um, because she, the way that she is, like she talked about last night, she's always girly, wearing dresses, and he, like she had to learn how to walk in heels for this show. She didn't know how to walk in heels before because I she mean, said she does not dress like like She wants to dress like a man.
0: Yeah, no, and that's totally, that's totally her right. I personally did not know how to walk in heels until, like, a year or two ago. So, like, I feel that pain both liter both figuratively and literally, because learning how to walk in heels fucking hurts.
1: Yeah, it really does. And she did a whole bit about how, like, women really go through the most, which is true.
0: I mean, it's, it's fucking true. I, sorry. There's no there's no competition here. If like I enjoy being a woman, but it fucking sucks.
1: Yep. Um but you know what didn't fucking suck was the cold open.
0: Oh my god, the cold open it I I knew we were in for a good one just because anytime Amy Bryant is portraying Ted Cruz, yeah, it's just like the energy on stage crackles and I'm here for it. So it's like Okay, we're here. So AD Bryant was Ted Cruz. We had Andrew Dismukes, Melissa Villasenor, and Bowen Yang as children. And I will say the premise of this is... So, uh, the cold open, yeah, it's Cruz Street with Ted Cruz. Uh, AD Bryant is him. <laughs> um, I've gotten like six hours of sleep in the last 48 hours. So... damn. Yeah, no, we are... I had coffee after Saturday Night Live on saturday and i continued crafting for another three hours
1: you yeah you were up when i think when i got up
0: yeah like i was texting you and i'm pretty sure like your reaction was like huh because i am never up that early like ever um you know i had coffee after that so
1: um damn oh shit that night yeah you know what i'll I literally greened out Saturday night. I was going to watch SNL Live and I literally had too much of an edible. Would not recommend doing that ever again.
0: (sighs) That's why I don't fuck with edibles. I do not fuck with edibles because once you have eaten it, it, a, you don't know how much, you don't know, like, you know the range of THC, but you don't know, like, how much is in this cookie versus that cookie, or brownie versus candy, or whatever. It, they say it's, te- they say it's divided equally, you know what I mean? But you don't know, right. and once you eat that edible, you are, that's it, you've chosen. But with smoking, you smoke a little, you get high, you, you're not high, and you're like, cool, I'm gonna get high again like that's what i like i don't need to be taken on a fucking roller coaster ride like it's it's like you sign up for we are not even through the cold open fucking <laughs> um, there's a lot to talk about it's like there's so much but it's like getting high like you know what you're signing up for and you're like oh yes. let me take an edible i want to get high but you don't know what level no. of high you're gonna get and that to me is not fun i want to be able to control that i don't need to be fucking zooted out of my goddamn mind because i had a little bit more of a brownie than i thought i did or what you know what i mean yeah like, it's just it's you can't control edibles you just can't
1: you really cannot uh i get okay. tiktok sometimes of people making them and there's no control
0: <clears throat> okay so to be fair i have used of butter and that is amazing i want i have a thing to make that oh nice yeah see i just buy it because you know i'm a bougie bitch i'm not making my own fucking canna butter <laughs> what the fuck do i look like i have a nine to five job god damn it i can't i don't have time to make canna butter this is cottage cottagecore
1: so, smoking oh. <laughs>
0: God, right, though? All right, so we had the kids, Andrew Dismukes, Melissa and Yor, Bowen Yang, Eddie Bryant was Ted Cruz, Cecily Strong was Marjorie Taylor Green, Kyle Mooney was Big Bird, Pete Davidson was Joe Rogan, Mikey Day and Alec Alex Moffat were Bert and Ernie. Um, they were uh, Chris Red it was Oscar the Grouch, and... Aristotle Atari was the count. I'm still learning the, new, the newbies' um, initials.
1: He was the recount count. <laughs> the
0: recount count. Jeez, I missed that. That was so fucking great. And I do not know who wrote this week's sketches because the standby line slash struggles, whoever the fuck does the list, I haven't seen it. And I had too chaotic of a day today to check. So sorry. We will, yeah sorry
1: that's fair um I will say that Pete Davidson wearing nail polish did take me a little bit out of his Joe Rogan character for a minute there I was like (laughs) what is happening
0: I say Joe Rogan definitely does not wear nail polish
1: yeah felt a little bit off can't believe I had to take off my nail polish do silly little tap dances but he could wear his play Joe Rogan on national tv it's okay
0: Let me say, you don't sound bitter of something that happened 20 years ago? (laughs) 20, whatever. I I misjudged your age there. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so what, um, okay, so we're not even through the cold open, and this is literally going to be the world's longest fucking episode.
1: I could be done talking about the cold open.
0: Okay. Uh, ba- okay. Basically, it was just the normal political jokes with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and it was like Bert and Ernie is proud boys. And then it was like they were out and proud, which I thought was funny.
1: Yeah, I loved them.
0: Move on. Let's move on.
1: Monologue. Um, I did not know a single thing about Jonathan Majors, and this taught Same? me an awful lot. It did. And everyone clapped, and I felt so proud of him, even though I didn't know who the fuck he was, to be honest with you. But he's going to be an Ant Man, so that's great.
0: He's going to be an Ant Man, and he was in The Harder They Fall, which is a Western movie that focuses on like black cowboys and like in the West, because there actually were a fair amount of black. Yeah, it has. Zazie Beats, Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield. Like, it is a goddamn good cast. Stacked cast. Yeah, so it's just, like, a, it's a black Western. And there were black cowboys. And it has been mm-hmm. ignored by Hollywood for decades. And I'm fucking glad that, uh, yeah. But I think it's, like, getting, like, critically acclaimed to the point where people are wondering, like, if it'll be nominated for Oscars. And its Rotten Tomatoes score is 86, if you're wondering. I have to clear my throat.
1: I did not ever see a Western in my life that I can think of. I probably have. Oh,
0: but have you seen Django Unchained?
1: No, not my thing. It's <gasps> still Bitch, oh my God, but Quentin Tarantino is such a good writer. Oh, well, I, I mean, but not all of his movies are Westerns
0: okay no but he did Django Unchanged with Django Unchanged nope that is not what it is (laughs) Django Unchained um he did that he did the Hateful Eight but I don't like the Hateful Eight I saw the extended version with an ex who we shall call Fancy Dirt Mm. and um yeah that's like my least favorite Tarantino movie have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood no, but today I was at a bookstore. And damn I saw it, the book. that was what we were supposed to watch when you were out here. God damn it. It's been fucking six weeks and I just remembered the one thing. I was like, oh, I own this. We gotta watch it. Oh, shit. You are not allowed to watch that until I am in the room. All right. That is a goddamn rule, okay? Heard. <laughs> Thank you. As someone who has driven down Cielo Drive, you can't fucking watch it. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, the only thing I had to say about Jonathan Major's monologue was that his shirt was kind of see-through and it was sexy.
1: I did not notice that.
0: Um, oh, we did. We were like, ooh, that's shiny. That's a that's a shaved chest. Arr. That was it. That's the only thing I have to say about the goddamn monologue.
1: The only thing I wrote down was that there was a shout-out to the red cheddar. Nope. The red lobster cheddar baked biscuits. Oh, so fucking good.
0: Okay, and I will say, A, they are very good, and B, um, I get, because I have a Costco membership, because I'm a bougie bitch, um, I get the, the I almost said red cheddar biscuit. Jesus, we are really killing this tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The red lobster cheddar biscuit mix from Costco. Yeah, that's good. That shit works. it, it, It comes in, like, there's six of them, so you get like fucking sixty biscuits over however long it takes you to make it. Yeah, I'm fat. In case you're wondering, uh, that would take me a week. I would. <laughs> so, well, after Gilda went through a breakup, she went through a box of those way too quickly. I don't even think it was a week, yo. I was like breakfast, and then it was like hmm? dinner. Sure.
1: Yeah, been there. Um, First sketch. History Channel. I loved this one. This had Mikey Day, Chloe Fineman, and A.D. Bryant as royals, and it was the March of the Suitors or whatever. Um, And The first suitor was her friend who loves her, but she doesn't like him in that way. And, of course, it was Kyle Mooney. And Cecily Strong and Andrew Dismukes played mother and son –
0: they, they were just, yeah, yeah, Andrew Dismukes was playing a guy named, I think, Rocky Buckets. And it was just, like, super English, like, Cockney accent. And you couldn't really understand what they were saying, but that made it even fucking funnier. So, perfectly cast.
1: It really was.
0: Kenan Thompson was the drummer slash the guy that introduced a prince and he's like, he is prince something, great satisfier of women, and then ego noatum comes, ego Notum comes out, and is like, mm-hmm, this is Dave, he's my dumbass husband, and she's like, why are you here? It was really fucking funny And that like he was pretending to be a prince so he could like fuck the queen slash. It was just really, it was unexpected, and I loved it.
1: Yeah, that was great. And then Punky Johnson came out and actually got to speak like herself, honestly. That's how she Mm kind of talks. Um, And I loved it. I loved to hear it. And I loved how it turned out.
0: Yeah, she was Lady Tawny. And... She was like, I don't know. I'm, t- I'm shooting my shot. And then Chloe Feynman was like, well, no. But when I get drunk, I make out with all my ladies in waiting. So come to the after party tonight. We'll see what happened. And then the sketch ends with like a screen that's like. Like a freeze frame. About- yeah, it was a. Fr- oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Also, can I just say. Y'all, if you haven't heard the song Freeze Frame by the Jay Giles band, go check it out, because I fucking love it. I'm going to go dance to that after we're done recording this episode. Anyway, it was like a freeze frame of Punky's Lady Tawny, and it was like, oh, and tune in next week for the tale of Mad Queen Tawny. And I was laughing, because I'm like, oh, god damn, she ended up marrying the queen.
1: Go her. Yeah, that reminded me of, I hate to reference it again, but... um the show last night there was for whatever reason absolutely no gay men in the audience um and poor alex english was looking for them mad hard and he was like okay well is there anybody out there who wants to make a decision tonight <laughs> and that's kind of how i felt punky's character was in this ep- in this sketch
0: for fucking sure yeah
1: Want <laughs> to make a decision tonight that's
0: <laughs> then oh we go into this week's Please don't destroy. And you know when you're watching SNL and you know you're watching something that is going to be one of your favorite sketches for all time and you're so excited to see what happens next but your heart is already so, oh my God, I can't wait to rewatch this. This is amazing because, you know, that's just like part of being a fucking SNL nerd. Um, this was that for me. Yeah was Please Don't Destroy with Pete Davidson. And I'm not going to lie, I've been waiting for Pete Davidson to collab with them for a while, and I'm happy it finally happened. And then it just took the most fucking hilarious turn in that Pete was like, yeah. And, okay, and part of the best part of seeing the sketch for the first time is you don't know where it's going. Now when you search it on YouTube and it comes up as
1: Three Sad Virgins,
0: um, it's like... You know where it's going, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I, like, since I watched it on Monday, I already knew that it was a Please <sighs> do Destroy sketch titled Three Sad Versions.
0: Yeah, you Versions? see, I, you see, so, you see, I didn't know that, and watching it in real time and watching it unfold was fucking magical. I and, bet. And so... It's basically just Pete being like, hey, can we do a music video where we're all best friends? And they're like, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. So Pete Davidson is like, oh, you see me on page six. People want to know what texts I'm sending. Because, you know, he was on page six this week. Because, like, he's probably fucking Kim Kardashian. Which, to me, at this point, fuck it. I'm jealous of Pete Davidson.
1: Like, he can pull anyone. He can pull anyone. Um, Um,
0: But... Yeah, so it basically just goes, sorry, I'm sorry. It's just, like, it goes through how there are three sad virgins, and they're lame, and they're like, can we stop? And Pete's like, of course. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you guys. We'll be done after the bridge. (laughs) And at that point, my jaw dropped because I didn't know for sure what was coming, but I I was pretty fucking sure. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was pretty sure. We all know who the absolute queen of bridges is. It's Miss Fucking Taylor, Allison Swift, and she's like, "Hey Pete," because oh, he's like, "Oh, after the bridge," and they're like, "What bridge?" and he goes, Pete goes, "Hey Taylor, and please don't destroy it." We're like, no, 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 no. We don't want a Taylor bridge. Taylor destroys people in bridges, and then Taylor comes in and just roasts all three of them. It, it was, was amazing, so fucking funny. Her shoulder action? Yes. I want to learn how to do that. I can't do that without my tits flying everywhere. Like, how does she do that? Is it boob tape? Probably.
1: I don't know, but she... That was just a really great performance before her big old great performance. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's like, Three Sad Virgins was good, and then her appearance and turning it into a bop with, like, synth stuff, that just took it to the next level. Yeah. And she was, like, grinding all up on one of them. And two of them were like, Ugh, whatever. And the guy that was doing that, he was just like, yeah, whatever. I got Taylor Swift on me right now. And I was so jealous of him.
1: Yeah, He was too. the
0: one that uh, looked like a sad Ron Weasley or if Big Bird lost all of his feathers. He's the cutie. Oh, that no, one not is Ben. OK, that's Ben. Li- <clears throat> OK, Ben and Martin, call me john you're cute too but ben and martin y'all my type <laughs> wow poor john <laughs> I'm so, it, like i said it's not like john is unattractive like if john if john he is but it's like i don't know okay you've known me for pff, i don't know four years now for five years no more than what, that yeah okay yeah more, more than that more th- okay at least five years you've known me you know my type okay yeah my type is tall and nerdy i'm just saying that ben and martin check it okay they check the boxes and this is proof that sexuality isn't a choice because Gilda keeps getting her heart treated like monkey meat by dudes if i could unsubscribe from men i would
1: wouldn't we fucking all but you know what if i'm being honest i think all three of them check boxes for me but anyways damn you know what? I'll give it to I mean, Okay. Okay. Like no, no, no. That. But, but like that's like
0: what that. I'm saying is that all three check
1: the boxes.
0: They all check boxes. I think they're all attractive. I just yes. like tall, nerdy looking dudes. Okay. Yeah. It's not my fault that fucking John isn't tall. Okay. <laughs> I, just like I have no control you. over that. Talk to Steve Higgins.
1: <laughs> um, so then we had the audacity in the advertising awards. And this was really funny. I liked this a lot. Really? It was hosted by Jake from State Farm (laughs) and Flo from Progressive. So it was uh, John Major, Jonathan Majors, and uh, oh, Heidi Gardner. Gardner. Jeez, I'm like, (laughs) who's HG?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to my world where I have to memorize fucking 21 different sets of initials. Like, it's gonna take a couple episodes, guys. Absolute madness. Ugh. All right. Um, the only one that I thought was funny was the ad for Sargento cheese. Oh because my god, I'm a cheese whore! <laughs> and I laughed. I can't yes. remember what it was. It yeah, was two
1: undocumented lesbians get yes. married. I don't even remember. In prison, yeah, it was like prison. two
0: undocumented lesbians get prison married brought to you by sargento and i was screaming it was so fucking funny also i love
1: sargento cheese please send me Yum. cheese yes oh my god we have it in our fridge right now oh. uh.
0: i don't have sargento <laughs> i have costco cheese Whoa. it's
1: so good uh yeah no there was there's some funny ones i liked to introduce me because the intern at the end there yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it was uh oh god what company was that BP. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, he's accepting this award, the intern. Cool. Great. We went into a sketch called Man Park, uh, which was basically Wait, There was the
1: Sci-Fi Channel Paranormal Stories. <gasps>
0: Jesus Christ. Please, yep. Thank you. Sorry. Okay, so here's what happened there. I read all of my notes for sci-fi channel, and I was like, okay, yeah, we talked about that. We have not talked about that. Please take Sci-Fi Channel. Yes,
1: go ahead. We have not talked about Sci-Fi Channel. It was no. um, Jonathan Majors and Kenan Thompson. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just want to say John, like, every time.
0: I, honestly, I feel like John Majors would have been a better choice for his career, but I get it. Like, I understand why he would want to choose
1: Jonathan.
0: It sounds more serious, but I want to say John Majors. Like that just flows better.
1: It, yeah, it really does. To be honest with you, but anyways, and, like no,
0: no shade to him. Like I'm not like criticizing his choice to go by Jonathan. I'm just saying for my personal mouth,
1: it's easier to say John Major's.
0: So you know,
1: right? His name, his choice. But here I am, silly little me, can't really talk that well. Um. No,
0: <laughs> I I have had marijuana. I took a shot. We are
1: living it up tonight, okay? Hell yeah. So (laughs) this sketch had actual children in it, um, and they played the children to... uh, First it was A.D. Bryant, and her little kid that she had with her, he had really cute dimples. He was about to laugh. (laughs) That's all I could notice he was chewing on his tongue trying not to laugh during this
0: sketch and I will say that okay so this kid um Bryant was like oh he says he sees a man in a red suit and you know he follows us blah 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 and I looked at the woman I was watching SNL with and I said who's playing the man in the red suit and she looked at me she's like pete davidson and i'm like nah it's gonna be mm. kyle mooney and that was where that bet stood
1: Damn. but again
0: <laughs> watching snl with someone that you're kind of on the same wavelength with is a lot
1: of fun i feel like i would have also guessed kyle mooney
0: Uh well i mean yeah and i i truly thought i was disappointed when it wasn't not that it was a bad casting choice but surprise it wasn't kyle mooney um Anyone that's listening to this episode knows it wasn't Kyle Mooney because they've probably watched Saturday Night Live. Okay, so
1: where where were we?
0: Okay, so we were at Sci-Fi Strange Kids Tales. There was Aidy Bryant and a kid, Alex Moffat and a
1: kid. I'm sorry, I just drank my tea right into this microphone. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it was basically just so it was Keenan Thompson and Jonathan Majors on couches interviewing parents with kids who are tuned into the supernatural and uh they're tuned in like it them being repetitive. like, Oh hell no, and jumping it was over funny. the back of the couch. Yeah, yeah, like them like jumping over the back of the couches every time one of the children mentioned something terrifying was absolutely hilarious and i have thoughts on jonathan majors and i will share them at the end of the episode but um that was basically the gist of the sketch and then at the end the man in the red coat shows up and it was pete davidson
1: also at the end the last girl um when they were done zooming out i kept looking at her because she started to like get up and cheer for herself and then yeah, she bowed like twice that. it was oh i honestly thought it was really cute <laughs> oh
0: no, no i was like no fuck you you were like a small you're a small child playing a bit part on snl like it's cute but also nah, i don't i found it annoying
1: <laughs> kids um um yeah fair. and
0: then okay so we go into man park
1: which this was is great
0: base this was really wonderful Um, It was about a place where you could bring your men to socialize so they could learn how to interact with each other because emotional intimacy is something that men are not taught, which is true, and they're not encouraged to express, which is also true. And so they would go to the quote-unquote man park to learn how to be friends with other men. And at one point, there were three of them in a circle, and I have no names written down because I was hardcore tweeting and messaging with other SNL podcasters at this point. Um, There were three of them standing in a circle, and it goes, Marvel, 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 Marvel! And it was just like, oh, no. That being said, that's what men's conversations sound like to me.
1: I love the way they portrayed the conversations as being like dogs barking at each other
0: yes 100 percent. and also somewhere in new york on thursday or friday like the entire cast of snl descended on a dog park to take over and film man park and i was low-key jealous of anyone that walked by there at that point because there were like 15 cast members in this
1: they were all there they were literally all all the men basically i think um then we went into taylor swift
0: fuck yeah when i heard the opening notes of all too well the like 20 year old in me was like okay here we fucking go like the swifty in me okay hang on the swifty in me was like okay let's do this this is possible i mean Many other fans of Taylor Swift will agree, or they might agree, All Too Well is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. And I was like, amazing. She's performing All Too Well on SNL. This is great. At this point, we didn't know she was doing a 10-minute performance. So I thought she was just going to perform it and then do something else later. And then she went into the... And there you are in the driveway, fuck the patriarchy, keychain on the ground... And the audience went wild because that's where it turns into the 10-minute version. And the woman that I was watching with and I, we turned to each other and we were like, oh my god, she's doing it! And she She did did it. it. She fucking did it. She really did. As someone who has seen Taylor Swift multiple times, last night, like I had chills for like 10 minutes. Not 10 minutes, but like that was an amazing performance and I love her and she fucking killed it. That was one of the best musical performances I have seen on Saturday night live ranking up there with like the Paul McCartney Martin short Christmas episode and Prince and some Bruce Springsteen appearances. She fucking did it. She understood the assignment.
1: It was fantastic. Um you could like just hear the emotion in her voice mm-hmm. and I love that she was that she had the short film the playing behind her. She was, <gasps> yeah. Yes.
0: That was another thing. As someone who had watched the short film for the first time earlier that day, having her play that and I thought she was going to fucking like pause her performance and show the fight in the middle. She didn't, which I was both happy about and great like I was grateful for that and also like god damn it. That would have been cool.
1: So, anyway. <laughs> it probably would have been. I was grateful for that, though, because I still haven't seen it.
0: <gasps> okay, listen, that's going to be your assignment after we record, is you need to go watch that and just know that what you see in the middle of that film was my life for three and a half years. God. That's um, horrible. Yep, pretty fucking much. Um, weekend update.
1: Oh, my God. So good. So fucking good. It started off with Colin Jost talking about taylor's performance of course
0: yeah which okay i appreciated but i didn't like how he phrased it because he was like don't ever break up with taylor swift or she'll go on or she'll go on live tv and sing about you for 10 minutes or like national television sing about you it's not don't break up with taylor swift it's don't fucking mistreat and emotionally abuse taylor swift and she will go like Could have chosen the words better there, but I appreciated the sentiment.
1: Yeah, I see that. It's like, I know what he was going for. Right. Um, I liked that he said, at least return the scarf.
0: (laughs) Fuck it, right? That was what I was saying. Like, come on. Like, at least do that. Jesus Christ. Weekend update. Uh, Colin just joked that Steve Bannon looked like he shot out of a sewer pipe. I agree. Um... It was something about he is in contempt of Congress, which is a two-year jail sentence, which by the looks of this picture is a life sentence, and I cackled.
1: Yeah, me too. They were really on fire in this weekend mm-hmm. update, I thought. Like, every single line was a hit. I haven't, enjoy-
0: I haven't enjoyed a weekend update this much in a long time.
1: No, same. This season, I just haven't been that impressed, but this one was great, and then both of the... the- people they had on were amazing. There was Sarah Sherman. Um and it, I was watching this af- after having seen her, like I saw her after she had done this. They were talking about it, but I didn't really know what they had been talking about and now I do. I loved this. I already rewatched it. I the graphics with Colin Jost <laughs> were fantastic. It was like
0: Leslie Jones' energy, but better because it didn't have the air of sexual harassment in it. It was just her calling out Colin Jost for ridiculous shit that he didn't do. It was great. I, that's like, it was like Leslie Jones, it was funny when she'd be like, hey, you little vanilla cupcake, or something like that. And it's funny, but it's also like, "Uh, I don't know about that. Whereas last night, it was just her roasting, like, Taking the last thing he said and twisting it to hell.
1: Yeah, and then like Michael Che joined in at the end. It yes! was so natural and great. They all rose Colin Jost.
0: <gasps> oh yeah. Um And then he had a Giraffe Dahmer. <laughs> Giraffe Dahmer. I did write that down. I did laugh at the fact that they were like SantaCon's coming back this year, which you know, which tells us truly the pandemic taught us nothing.
1: Really, did not teach us a single thing. Um, SantaCon is fucked. Anyway,
0: (laughs) Giraffe Rudomer.
1: Giraffe Rudomer, that was great. At that point, I was like, shit. Is we can update my favorite part of this episode? I don't know.
0: Um, yeah, and then we had Aristotle Atari as the Laffintosh 3000, which was, like, a robot that tells jokes, but it was super, not glitchy, but, like, very robotic in how he spoke, and he was telling, okay, as someone on Twitter pointed out, hang on one second, let me get the actual, oh my god, I have three devices, I can do this, ah, it's amazing, sorry guys. Um, I need to switch to the, um, oh, Abigail, it's Abigail. Yay. She's back at Ab Gilman, Ab underscore Gilman, if you will. Um, she was like, he looks like one of the Aristotle Atari in this bit. Um, he looks like one of those guys dressed up as a robot, as a tourist attraction. And it was totally true.
1: Yeah. It was, it was like, just like I- that
0: it was like I know what he was doing and it was like a computer but it felt like one of the really random guys in Times Square that you see doing the robot and yeah I don't know I I personally and I tweeted okay not gonna lie Aristotle Atari looks terrifying like he looked like a silver tin man robot but I did not like the voice glitching It so yeah
1: I don't know it gave me the heebie jeebies I don't know whatever it- the voice glitching, it was not like a normal robot voice, in my Mm-mm. opinion, but I kind of liked like, that it was a different robot voice than normal.
0: It's like when, when your internet glitches.
1: Yeah, It's like, literally. It was
0: that kind of like, if you're watching a YouTube video or you're watching a movie and your internet is weird because there's a storm outside and the movie is all of a sudden like, eh, 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 eh. And that is not what he sounds like. That sounded like a frog, but I think you all know what I mean. Um, that was all I had to say about can Update.
1: Yeah, um, the next sketch was, uh, Kyle Mooney and AD Bryant with another actual child. I guess they figured if they had hired them, they might as well just keep using them. I don't know. Um, then Cecily Strong and Bo Yang were singing about doing drugs, and Jonathan Majors <laughs> came out and joined them. Uh... This was a nice little song, in my opinion. It was
0: a nice little song. Um, Andy Bryant was like, I used to, my parents used to take me to this all the time, and this is the original cast, and I can't wait for our daughter to enjoy it. And it was literally just a show about cocaine.
1: Yeah, they did give some shout outs to other drugs as well LSD, weed, the works. Um, but. They did start singing mostly about <laughs> Coke at one point. And I did think that this went a little bit too far at the end when Jonathan's character was like, I'm gonna jump off the building. Yeah. I like, don't think this need to go there.
0: Uh uh. No, did not need to go there. And I get it, they were talking about like, yes, drugs make you think you're invincible and they make you think, Oh yeah, I can fly, sure. But no. Nah. Um, yeah, it was... I don't know. It, it was unique, but it felt like... Ugh, this is going to sound terrible, but, like, a generic SNL sketch. Like, I, I feel like I've seen something like this probably half a dozen times before.
1: No, that's exactly right. Like, you just... The Broadway sort of, like, vibes. Mm-hmm. It's It's everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. The next sketch... It was something else, I'll say.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was a pre-tape. Um, it was Bone Thugs and Harmony, but it was about like a dog bone treat store.
1: And it was run by Ego Wodum, Keenan Thompson, Jonathan Majors, and Chris Red, but they were not running it in a very financially sound way, <laughs> which was kind of funny to me Like, when they sold the bone to Chloe Feynman for 10 cents, uh, that was... I did giggle a little bit at that. Um, And also, there was, like, a a weird graphic at the end of them turning into dogs. That was honestly a little bit terrifying.
0: I... Okay, so to be perfectly honest, um, our NBC affiliate was having some serious issues with when they cut to commercials and when they cut back to SNL. So the woman I was watching with and I were like, oh, nobody introduced Taylor Swift. Oh, my God, they're just going right into the performance. This is interesting. When, really, it was my local NBC affiliate that couldn't get the goddamn timing right, and they had been having issues during the news because we turned on SNL, like, 10 minutes prior, just in case, obviously. Um but you no know, like we didn't see Jonathan Majors introduce Taylor Swift um and i'm pretty sure the bone thugs and harmony sketch got cut off before they turned into dogs cuz i have no idea what the
1: fuck you're talking about <laughs> it was a very quick little graphic but it's burned into my memory to be honest with you um not much to say about that sketch. Mm-mm. The next sketch.
0: <laughs> the 10 to
1: 1. The 10 to 1 was about a pastor and his wife, Jonathan Majors and in Ingle uh opening up their marriage after the pandemic.
0: Yeah, um, they talked about a number of different dating apps, at which point one of them said, we're on tinder we're on hinge we're on this we're on coffee meets penis which i laughed at because i for a very short time was on the dating app coffee meets bagel so oh i got that joke
1: i did not even catch that joke although i knew of that app totally forgot about it <laughs> um yeah this it was like kind of a funny you know like idea but it was just yeah. a bit bizarre.
0: It was bizarre, and it went on a little too long. And I thought it was funny in that um, the pastor, Jonathan Majors, and his wife, Egon Wodum, um, they were like, oh, they're talking about opening up. And she's like, oh, something about um, Travis. Or, oh, uh, Jonathan Majors asked Egon Wodum who her like hall pass was, and she said someone and she asked him who his hall pass was, and he said, Travis. And then the camera cuts to Kyle Mooney at the back of the fucking church. And he's like, wait, I'm Travis. And he's like the most pale, skinny little white boy with like dark black slicked back hair. And I, I laughed out loud just at, wait, I'm Travis. Because it was funny.
1: Yeah, I feel like he always plays really similar characters, but he always makes me laugh Mm -hmm. every single time.
0: He does! And um, I believe that was the episode. So um, what was your nope of the night?
1: The paranormal stories sketch just was a bit too repetitive to me, and there were just too many kids in it, you know?
0: Okay, so I will say, <laughs> after having my mother calls me every Sunday morning after she has watched Saturday Night Live and tells me what she thinks, and her assessment was, there were too many kids in this episode, and I didn't like it. I liked the episode, but I didn't like the children. And I'm like, okay, cool, so good to know that you and Gilda's mother had the same opinion.
1: Um, yeah I just don't like use your cast members what is this
0: I know just dress the cast members up
1: as children
0: it's possible they do
1: yep. every single night they literally did that they, on this night
0: uh huh they literally did it in the cold open with Andrew Dismukes Melissa Villasenor and Bo and Yang dress them up as children it's possible um my note of the night was the audacity of advertising
1: that's fair
0: I just... It just wasn't my favorite. It was so disjointed. And, like, I get what they were trying to do. But... did uh, Nah.
1: Didn't they just put a lot me. of, like, parody ads into one sketch. Pretty
0: much. It was just too much for my little ADHD brain to handle. Sorry. My <laughs> nope of the night. What was your runner-up?
1: I am absolutely torn nothing's fine I'm torn I have three separate items that I love and think was the best part of the night Um, so I'm going to have to make a tough decision Um, I guess my runner up was the please don't destroy video Okay. (laughs) I'm fighting for my life out here
0: no, sir, no, I am in the same goddamn boat. There were, like, four things all vying for, like, Sketch of the Week and runner-up. Um, I 100% agree with you in that my runner-up was, uh, it's a tie between the Please Don't Destroy Three Sad Virgins and Man Park. I can't decide. I'm sorry. They were both so good. They were... I laughed so hard, and they were both so unique. they're runner-ups. that's it. Fair who's your best?
1: Okay, this is really tough. I've been sitting here thinking, pondering um I'm gonna so it, <laughs> honorable mention to Taylor Swift of fucking course, but we couldn't update was my best because. I was laughing throughout, like, the whole thing, which has not happened once this season.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I am going to now say um, that I've written down honorable mention to Weekend Update, but Taylor Swift took the best of this week for me with the 10-minute version of All Too Well where she was just, like, shouting music at the camera and making me feel things.
1: It was a very emotional 10 minutes. It was really hard for me to make that decision. Sorry, Taylor. On it,
0: no, and it's, I totally get it. The thing that decided it for me was, and this is going to sound terrible because I don't even think it was bad. Like, Aristotle Atari as the laugh bot or soft or whatever the fuck it was. Um, like, it was funny, but I just found it creepy. And so Weekend Update was, it was damn near close, but my best of the week was Taylor Swift. The 10-minute version of All Too Well. Girl, you got my heart. And yeah, you fucking nailed it. And... I said this on Twitter, and I feel bad about it, but it felt like Jonathan Majors was just kind of, like, along for the ride. He wasn't really standout in any sketches. The sketches he was in, it was like, oh, that's Jonathan Majors. It wasn't like he blended, like, Rami Malek.
1: Yeah, I do know exactly what you're saying.
0: Like, there's different was like,
1: ways you could host SNL. And uh-huh. he was this... We need to come up with like terms for it. I don't know what that, that would be, though. I don't know.
0: We do have to come up with terms for it. Because it's like, you can blend in with the cast and you're real good at hosting. Like, you basically become a member of said cast. And then there's... It's clear you're hosting SNL and you're playing a role. And... It was very obvious that Jonathan Majors was the host, but like it was just, every sketch he was in, it was like, oh, okay, okay, you're the host, as opposed to just blending. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he was a bad host because the sketches he was in, he was good in. He, he just was. didn't, yeah, it wasn't like Adrian Brody level bad or something, but <laughs> like, it just didn't flow.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know my Nope of the Night was one where he did a lot. Um, the whole freaking out over the stories. He did really well on that. I did think him and Keenan were hilarious.
0: Yeah. No, they were great. I fucking loved Lo- eh. I loved watching them fly over the back of the couches. It was hilarious. Like, them just, like, flipping themselves backwards. Yeah, I'm here for that. But, Yeah. I personally, and I know I said it on Twitter with the comment, fight me, I feel like Taylor, Taylor could have pulled double duty tonight.
1: I feel the same way, although I don't know if she would, like, the 10-minute performance and double duty is a bit much. That is a bit much. And so part of what
0: I'm wondering is if they offered her double duty, She's, uh, if they offered her double duty, and she said no, and so they were like, okay, we'll bring in this dude. Yeah, I feel like that's more likely than her than them just being like, "Hey, you want to be the musical guest?" Taylor Swift at this point is beyond being a quote unquote musical guest. But if you want to perform a ten minute version of your best song, you can't host.
1: Right, and they had her booked way out far in advance because this was her weekend.
0: I mean, it, truly, Red. this was her weekend, and. uh yeah red taylor's version for life so uh mm-hmm. you can find us everywhere we're on all of the platforms
1: don't forget to like subscribe rate and review and we're on social media at sat night we're on twitter reddit youtube and facebook night is spelled n-i-t on twitter
0: um yeah we got a website sat uh we have a gmail if you want to reach us longer than <laughs> some of the alarms going off um if you want to reach us with a message longer than twitter will allow sat at gmail join us next week when we recap simu liu and musical guest sweetie and uh, yeah until next week i'm gilda and i'm steph happy highs happy highs